Well, hi everyone. This is Deidre Kindred, your nurse advocate, and welcome to Health Chats Among Friends. So tonight I have a special guest, my friend, and I'm so honored that she took the time out of her busy day to come and chat with us and educate us on what she does and who she is. So I'd like to introduce Tanya with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. So hello. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's Monday. <laughs> It is Monday. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, I'm so happy to have you here tonight. Uh, Tanya and I have worked on lots of events in the past with the um, Take Flight Summit and all mm -hmm. sorts of things that have just been amazing. But tonight, Tanya is going to tell us about herself and we're going to talk about the wonderful juvenile diabetes research. So Tanya, go ahead and start yes. telling a little bit about you. Absolutely. So um, yes, my name is Tanya Konovalov, and I am the Community Engagement Manager, uh, actually outreach is an easier way to say it, um, for JDRF. Um, I'm located here in Dallas, and uh, JDRF has offices all over the United States, and our mission is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. And I'm actually a type one diabetic. I was diagnosed whenever I was nine. Oh. So this is a passion job for me because I can help support all those um, newly diagnosed people or people who have been living with type one diabetes for a long time. Um, and I can do that through all kinds of ways it works. So I, I love what I do. It's really an exciting, um, an exciting career for me. I've been here for um, seven years now, about seven and a half years actually. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't it wonderful to be working in your passion and your purpose? Yes. I, mean, yes. I can't explain it. I can't explain it, but I'm so happy for you. So Thank type, you. I think that type one diabetes, in my opinion, gets overlooked a little bit in the healthcare world. Or maybe it's because I, I'm not well-versed in type one diabetes. That may be it. Well, I think you're right. It probably does get overlooked a little bit because of the um, percentage of people that live with type one. So um, right now there are um, 60,000 people in the United States that are diagnosed every year with type one. Um, and so there's 1.6 million people in the United States with type one, but there are 30 million people with type two or right. yeah, yes, that mm -hmm. have type two. So it's a smaller percentage for sure. Um, and it's, it is, um, um, it, I love educating people about type one, um, especially, you know, healthcare providers like yourself, that's so important. And so I'm thrilled, you know, to be able to do that today. Um, do you want me to talk a little bit about the difference between type one and type two? Well, before, I do want you to talk about that, but I want to hear your story. Sure. Sure. So I was diagnosed whenever I was nine and I'm about to be uh, 54 next month. What? So, um, I know, right? Birthday Surely. early. <laughs> Surely. I'm you look not beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yes, the uh, landscape of what diabetes has been like since I was diagnosed has changed dramatically. It's crazy. Um, but I um, have lived a very full and um, 
you know, successful life despite having type one diabetes. So that's part of what I love to tell people whenever they're first diagnosed. Um, I have had some um, side effects, some um, uh, complications as a result of diabetes. But as I said, I'm I'm healthy now and and going strong, and so um, I have not let it slow me down. Let's talk about. Um, so you were about nine years old. Uh huh. So what were some of the things that were number one, physically going on and number two, mentally as a nine-year-old and then through your teenage right. years? Right. So physically, the symptoms are the same as they are today, or they were the same as they are today, which it's so important for people to be aware of the warning signs. Um, and so they're pretty simple, extreme thirst, Therefore, extreme urination because you're drinking a whole lot, um, losing weight and without a reason, you know, you can't figure out why you're losing dramatic amounts of weight, no matter how old, if you're a little kid or an adult. Um, and then some other things that come with it are fatigue. And so what's happening is your body is not making insulin and insulin is what takes all the nutrients out of the food that you eat. And takes it to all the different parts of your body so that you can grow and you can live and have energy. So if you're not making insulin, then all of a sudden your body starts burning your own um, muscle and fat for fuel because it can't get to that, uh, all the carbohydrates that you're eating, it can't get to your food. So um, you start eating your own body cells, basically. Mm -hmm. So you start losing weight and all that sugar just gets urinated out. Yeah. So um, you just are super thirsty and your body's going into ketoacidosis. Yes. So that's the physical symptoms. So if there's any healthcare providers that see those super simple to do just a little finger prick blood test, and it'll tell you right away if you have type one diabetes. Um, so that's, I didn't have extreme symptoms, thank goodness, because my mom was, um, I'm an only child. So my mom was kind of a hyper vigilant mom, you know, and, um, I think it was Easter and I was eating a hard boiled egg because we just had our egg hunt. And I was, I was so thirsty already, you know, and just, uh, dehydrated. And I just started choking on that egg. I was just, and mom was like, you know, you were so thirsty lately. And, and, um, sorry, I had a message. Um, and so she said, let's, let's take you to the doctor and find out what's going on. So went to the doctor, they said, yep, you have type one diabetes, went to the hospital for two weeks. And uh, when I left, you know, I was giving myself shots all day, every day, and, and everything had changed. Oh, my goodness. So as a child, you know, I like to talk about the psychological now that we're talking, because mm -hmm. many of our audiences are not don't have a healthcare background. So as a child, you know, the psychological things that you went through, do you mind sharing some of those? Not at all. So I was, um, again, I was really fortunate. My mother was very attentive and um, she uh, made it seem like it was no big deal. You know, I wasn't different than anybody else because she just made it that way. And she, um, you know, helped me through that that first time whenever I was, like I said, nine years old till about whenever I got into um, high school. So she made it seem like no big deal. And I felt like, you know, I wasn't any different. Well, then came high school. And then I realized, oh, 
you know, I am different. And the last thing I wanted to be as a high schooler is different. So I just, you know, ignored my disease. I didn't want to do anything that I was supposed to be doing. Um, I did the bare minimum because I knew I had to take my shots to stay alive but I didn't eat well. I didn't um, do all the things that you're supposed to do. And then college was kind of the same. You know, I just wanted to be like everybody else. So I ate terribly. Um, I drank um, and uh, just denied it. And I was so um, frustrated, you know, internally with being different and having to do all these things, even though I wasn't doing them all like I should. Um, so that was a lot of what I faced. And, and that's part of what I really try to um, make people uh, aware of when their children are diagnosed is that this is a struggle. You know, they don't want to be different. And um, it's not that they are non-compliant. It's not that they're rebellious. It's that they just don't want to face all these things going on. And so I try to provide community and support for kids so that they know they're not alone. I didn't know anybody else who had type one diabetes whenever I was growing up. So that's why I didn't want to be different. You know, I didn't want to be the weirdo. Um, and unfortunately what that did is it made me not well. So therefore I was different, right. you know, um, I would have episodes of super low blood sugars or super high Ooh. blood sugars. Yes. Oh and God. then I would, you know, have to go to the emergency room or, I would, you know, almost pass out. And so those things actually made me stand out, even though I thought, you know, I'm right, going right. to not stand out. So it was a tough road, uh, high school and, and early college for me. Um, and then I, I finally realized after graduating that, you know, this is up to me. This is all on me. I need to figure out how I'm going to be in this world. And if I want to lead a healthy life and participate in all the things I want to do. I've got to get on the ball and start taking care of myself. And so then things changed uh, for the better. So thank goodness for this foundation. Yes. So yes. before we get into some of the services that the foundation um, up, up, applies, <laughs> my mind just went totally blank right there. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, you had mentioned, you know, type one versus type two diabetes. So elaborate on that a little bit for the audience. Sure. So type one is an autoimmune disease. Um, you all may have heard of a lot of other kinds of autoimmune diseases like Crohn's mm -hmm. or rheumatoid arthritis mm -hmm. or celiac lupus. disease, mm -hmm. lupus, exactly. Mm -hmm. So all of those are when my body attacks my um in this case, my beta cells, right. um, and, and prevents them for, it destroys them, prevents them from making insulin. Um, oftentimes when you have one autoimmune disease, you'll have a couple other too. Um, so that's primarily what, um, a, an autoimmune disease is. And, um, and, um, it, uh, so there's nothing that I did to contract type one diabetes. So um, it didn't have to do with my lifestyle. It didn't have to do with my diet. It had to do with my body just turning on itself. Um, then a type two diabetes is a metabolic disorder. Mm -hmm. And so 
in the end, it's the same thing that you, you are not getting the insulin that you need to your cells that need them. Um, but it might be caused by um, lifestyle. It might be caused by diet or exercise or weight gain. And oftentimes type two diabetics can actually reverse their disease right. um, and then live without diabetes, which is, mm-hmm. you know, an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's not easy because, no. you know, no. you are where you are. Now, no. oftentimes people with type two diabetes don't have a weight problem. So it's okay. still got a genetic predisposition involved. But usually there's, there's something to do with lifestyle and type two, whereas type one often affects children. So there's obviously nothing um, that they've done lifestyle wise. Um, So that's a little bit about the difference. Type one diabetics though, half of them that are diagnosed every year are adults. So oftentimes people think it's just kids, but um, half the people are diagnosed, you know, when they're over 21. So it's, it's, um, and unfortunately, it's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of people that have been di- that are being diagnosed with type one diabetes every year has increased by thirty oh, percent wow. since two thousand seventeen. So all of a sudden, it's just going, you know, mm-hmm. through the roof. And so we're really working on not only finding a cure for it, but also uh, prevention to try to yeah. stop that from happening. That's interesting because I would wonder why. What are we yeah. doing? that's causing so many people to have it more prevalent than before. Right, Hmm. there's a little bit of um, genetic predisposition, Mm -hmm. but not always, like no one in my family had it. Um, And so, you know, we're really looking at um, environmental factors. Mm -hmm. You know, what what is happening now that, you know, wasn't happening five years ago. And, you know, there's so many things that it can be attributed to. So we're studying everything from gut health to, um, you know, environmental factors to it's, it's a very immense problem to find out what's happening and how to find uh, a preventative cure for, for it. Right, right. So let's talk about the uh, foundation now. So, um, so thank goodness for this uh, foundation. So what is, is there an age limit? I know it's juvenile. No, it's called, it's called juvenile diabetes, um, because that's what it was called. 50 years ago when our foundation was, was founded. Um, So it's a a terrible name (laughs) for a company. That's why we go by JDRF because the juvenile throws people for a, you know, Um, so it's really anybody with type one diabetes. So like myself, for example, I uh, got it as a child, but I've grown up and I will have it until there's a cure. So it's a chronic disease. Um, so anybody, any age and children are diagnosed with it less than one years old up through, I met somebody who was just diagnosed who's 82. So the whole gamut, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so we serve anybody who has type one diabetes and a lot of our research. So we're a research organization. A lot of our research will actually benefit type two diabetes as well. because the complications for both types of diabetes are the same. So we're doing a lot of research on eye disease, on kidney disease, um, on cardiac results as a result of having diabetes. So there is some crossover for sure. Wow, that's amazing. So you guys are right here in the heart of Dallas. Yes, yes. 
oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. I was going to say we're headquartered in New York City, okay. but um, we have, yes, I'm in the Dallas chapter and we cover all of Northern Texas and okay. Oklahoma. Okay, awesome. So uh, talk about some of the other um, benefits that are provided by uh, JDRF. Absolutely. So um, our vision or our mission is to um, treat, prevent, and cure type 1 diabetes. So treating has to do with a lot of the research that we've done already. We provide, um, as an organization, we have helped bring every advancement that is out there for um, type 1 diabetics uh, over the last 50 years we've been involved in. So I'm really proud of all that advancement. So I have something called an insulin pump oh, and yes. it, it, okay. elect, it gives me um, the amount of insulin I need, you know, through a tube. Mm-hmm. And um, there's several kinds that are out now, but it also talks to something called a continuous glucose monitor. And all that does is it measures my blood sugar with a little wire that's under my skin Every five minutes, it sends that blood sugar to my pump and then tells my pump, hey, you need to be giving her a little more insulin or maybe a little less insulin because here's her blood sugar right now. So it helps me manage my blood sugar all day, every day. Um, So I used to take shots to give myself insulin and now I have that. So there's a lot of lot of really amazing research and um, advancements that way. So that's uh, kind of about the treating. But also about the treating is um, outreach, which is what I do. So we provide um, education, uh, we provide um, community, so different events where people with type one can get together and support each other. And um, I have a meeting every month for adults with type one diabetes, and we all get together and you know share what's going on for us. Um, sometimes it's going out for dinner after work, sometimes it's meeting with a, a presenter and an educator specialist. Okay. Um, we have um, a, a summit every year that uh, experts from all around the um, country come and speak about diabetes. And wow. so that's an event that people can attend and learn there. Um, and we have events for children, for adults, just all kinds of ways to build that community and that support. Um, and then lots of resources online as well for the psychosocial part of living with the chronic disease very for, yes, very important um, for the exercise, which is a very important part mm-hmm. of taking care of yourself, no matter who you are, right. but for diabetics, very important. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest thing to do and manage your blood sugar at the same time. It's mm-hmm. just a big old mess. So uh, we have lots of resources about how to manage, you know, exercise, um, how to um, obviously manage diet is a big one. So nutrition. So there's lots of great resources on our website, which is jdrf.org. So I would recommend, Mm -hmm. yeah, going to that. Absolutely. And then then the third area that we're working on is the prevention, as I mentioned, Um, and we just came out with this really exciting thing that I want to tell everybody about that listens to your um, podcast, and it's called T1 Detect. So the detect is to detect if you have the autoimmune um, cells in your body that will indicate if you're going to get type 1 diabetes before you actually get diagnosed with it. 
So um, we've had a, some blood work out there or uh, some labs that do blood work out there to detect this uh, up until now, but you have to live in a big city that happens to have one of those labs. Wow. Now people can order the kit to be shipped to your house and you can do the, um, you just, it, everything's included. It has the little um, lancet to prick your finger mm -hmm. and put it on this little card and then you mail it back. And six weeks later, they give you the results and let you know if that's something. Um, so if somebody has type one in their family, okay. it's really important to do that because oftentimes that means there will be multiple people you know, in the family. Mm -hmm. um, but even if you don't, like I said, I didn't have anyone in my family and you were just curious to know that this is something to look out for or to get involved in one of our trials for prevention. So there's drugs out there now that will um, prolong the onset by up to three years, um, then, you know, you can order this. So uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, it is $55, but if cost is a challenge, just go ahead and fill it out and JDRF will offset the cost. So all you have to pay is $10. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. It's, yeah, it's a really exciting thing. Like I said, we just came out with it. So I was excited that it happened before you and I were going to be speaking so that I can share it with everybody. Wow. I'm so excited. So that's yeah. G1 Detect. Yes. So you would find it by going to jdrf.org slash T1 Detect. Now, is there a, a certain age that you would say to do um, the test or, or? It's for anybody, any age, but if you're 45 and over and you don't have a direct, you know, person in your family, like a mm -hmm. sibling or a parent that has it, you're probably pretty safe. Okay. But um, 45 and under is the, the target age. Um, someone, like I said, that really should do it is say you have a child with type one and you mm -hmm. have other children. Right. I think it would be really important to, um, you know, have those mm -hmm. other children tested. Mm -hmm. um, and so not only could you get involved in, you know, the trials or these new drugs that postpone it, you also would just be on the lookout. So you would know that, um, you know, Susie has these auto bodies, auto, um, anti-autobodies. Mm -hmm. And that way, when you start seeing the symptoms, you know, gosh, she's drinking a little more, she's yeah. losing weight. You're it's right here. And you take her to the hospital before something terrible happens because people can go into DKA and die mm -hmm. if they're not mm -hmm. diagnosed right away. Mm -hmm. That's worst case scenario, of course. But, yeah. um, if you do go into ketoacidosis, diabetic ketoacidosis, mm -hmm. you're overall health outcomes for your life are, are, will be worse right. than if you catch it early and, yeah. you know, start doing your treatment. So there's yes. lots of great reasons to, to do that. And you can read all about it on the website. That's and of course, awesome. ask me. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. So you have so, this has been packed full of so much information. <laughs> I'm so excited. So if someone wanted to find out more about your events and what is going on and, and if they could um, get involved some type of way or have some more questions, especially about that T1 Detect, yes. um, what is the best way you would like them to reach out? Well, they can certainly reach out to me. I don't know if you share contact information on this, but they can reach out to me directly if they'd like, mm -hmm. just call JDRF. And um, we're now called North 
Northern Texas, Oklahoma chapter. Um, but if you just, you know, search for JDRF in Dallas, you'll find our, our office and you can call me directly there or you can email me directly. If you wanna share my email with people, you're welcome to. Um, any of the above, I am very happy to, um, to help in any way I can. Uh, like I said, I'm all about education and supporting people. So please reach out anytime. Oh, you have definitely educated me tonight, and this has been amazing. I'm so happy that I get to share this with the audience. So oh, awesome. are there you, any, oh, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Are there any parting words that you would like to, as we close? Um, I think just knowing the warning signs um, is really important. So if you start seeing those things we talked about earlier, go ahead and tell the, your friends and family, hey, just go ahead and, you know, get this little blood test at the doctor's office, it can't hurt. Um, so that's really important. And then if you do have um, somebody in your life with type one, we would love for you or those people to get involved in the chapter. Um, a big event that's gonna be coming up here in November is going to be our walk. So you can meet 8,000 other people that all are from the area that come out to walk to support people with type one. Um, that of course is, depending on how COVID is. So it, you know, it may not be in person this year, but we have it every year. So we'd love to see you at any of our events. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you again, Tanya. This has been awesome. I need to have you back <laughs> so we can talk more because it's so, it's such a big topic, you know? It is, yes. it is. And I know I talk a lot. So that's okay. feel free to edit anything you want out. <laughs> that's why this is called Health Chats. <laughs> So we can chat as much as we want. It's amazing. That's right. I so, can chat. <laughs> yes. So please, please visit www.jdrf.org if you yes. don't remember anything else. If you need to get more contact information for JDRF or Tanya herself, you can reach out to me. Uh, my name is Deidre Kendrick. I'm a nurse advocate, educator, and navigator, and I love helping bring resources to the communities we serve. Thank you for tuning in and you guys have a great evening. Thank you, bye. Bye.